this morning, uh, the first from the third chapter of Proverbs on page 510 of your pew Bible, and the second from the first chapter of Ruth on page 210 of the pew Bible. So from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 through 4. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and people. In Ruth, we meet Naomi, an older woman, a widow, and also the grieving mother of two sons she has lost to hunger, to famine, and death. She is at a crossroads in that patriarchal society, one in which a woman's social status and protection was solely determined by her connection to a man. Naomi is essentially an orphan, potentially fully exposed to a life of danger, a life of invisibility, of being lost, bereft. She also believes she is too old to find a new husband, to find a new life, so late in her own life. So she encourages and pushes her widowed daughters-in-law to return to their homeland and find new husbands. Oprah reluctantly agrees, but Ruth, Ruth cannot be swayed or sent away. She is faithful with love, declares that nothing will ever separate her from her new mother-in-law. So Ruth chapter 1, 16 through 18, page 210. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything but death parts you and me, when she saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. God's blessings to the reading of this word. Let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let us pray. Well, God, no matter kind of what details of the week we brought with us today, the distractions, maybe the anxieties, the lists of things to do, help us to set them aside in this hour to empty ourselves that we might be filled up with your wisdom and your teaching, your challenge, and your hope. Amen. Again, from that text that Elmer shared with us, but Ruth said, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Fifty-one years and counting. Fifty-one springs and counting. Fifty-one seasons and counting. And it all usually begins for me in the car on a chilly late March day, a month from now. Birds finally singing again. Just a little whiff of spring in the air, I hope. And so I turn on my radio and there to fill up my ears with a sound that soothes my soul and soars my heart is baseball. Red Sox baseball once again returned, and so it becomes a soundtrack for me 
And in March, it always gives me hope for warmer days and for the dream of summer. Now, most of you know I love the Sox, like many in New Englander. I love going to a game at Fenway. I love following the team and the newspaper and online through 162 games, maybe more. But my fandom is for a reason I've grown to realize is not as obvious as just being a fan or enjoying the sport, though I do. I mean, and some even misunderstand why I'm so faithful to the the hometown nine. One summer, long ago, I was talking excitedly to my brother about the latest season and the ups and downs of the Bow Sox and how close the pennant race was and so on and so on, and I shared it with much enthusiasm. And he looked at me and he said, half joking and half serious, man, John, you have to get a life. (laughs) But as I've grown older... I've discovered the real reason that I am faithful to this pastime. It's the simple truth that it has been faithful to me in a way, faithful, returning as a part of my life for most of my life for so long. For me, the return of baseball every spring is something I just count upon. I trust. No matter what else has changed in this life or crazy world, That even when the team does not do well, that's okay because it is the joy and the constancy of the game that grounds me. The traditions. The memories of first following the team when I was a little boy listening to them on my transistor radio late at night. The faithfulness of this gift of fun, of this longtime presence in my life, in many of our collective lives too. In the 1989 movie, Field of Dreams, who here has seen that? It's kind of a fairy tale about one person's pursuit of baseball is somehow transcendent. And this is how one character describes the constancy of the game. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It has been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again, but baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that was once was good and that could be good again. Now, I know that is way too romantic for some people, even corny. And yet for me, it captures an idea and an ideal in this life, a hope and even a dream That for each of us as mortal human beings, as creatures who grow and then one day will wither, as folks who can easily be blown about and feel untethered by the vagaries of this life, by how incredibly fast things can change or people can come and go or circumstances can turn on a dime, friends, we all need constancy In this life. Do you hear that? Constancy, faithfulness, in and from people and relationships that last while others fade away, faithfulness in our faith, trusting in a God who was and is and will be a dependable faith that sees us through everything in life, faithfulness, yes, even in a thing as seemingly inconsequential as a baseball team, but a reality nonetheless that stays while other things go, that remains 
while other things fade away, faithfulness, like a rock unmoved, like a friend who is with us no matter what, like our creator, who even before our births knit our bones in our mother's womb and is still with us every single day to our last day and then beyond, even when we are not so sure of that promise. Faithfulness and constancy. Yesterday, many of us from this church said goodbye to a faithful person from our faith community, a big part of Pilgrim Church for many of us, our friend, Jose Muri, who served as our faithful church administrator for the past 14 years. In a packed service at our home church in Hopkinton, we stood with and by Jose's family and her other communities, and we thanked God for the gift of her one beautiful life for the all-too-short 60 years that she spent among us. I was privileged to deliver one of the eulogies, and as I thought about Jose and I thought about the reality that for 11 years I saw her almost every single weekday, that for so long so many of us in this church depended upon Jose to just be there for us, to organize us and listen to us and care for us, I kept coming back to this need and this hope and our desire for faithfulness in life. Sticking by, sticking to, sticking with faithfulness, being there, being here consistently, dependably, strongly, faithfulness, especially in our relationships. In God to us, in us to God, in we to each other. Faithfulness in a marriage, in a friendship, in a partnership, in parenting, in being a son or a daughter. Faithfulness to country or to community, to a cause greater than ourselves. Faithfulness to faith values in this life that we have learned about and that we will strive to live by every single day, no matter what. Faithfulness. Friends, when we are faithful, when we can surely depend upon the faithfulness of others in this life and of our God and of dear angels like Jose, who embodied faithfulness in her very bones, anything seems possible, right? Can I get an amen for that? Gives us a place to stand in the world. Life feels steady and safe and constant. Then we can even muster the fortitude to weather the hardest of outcomes, like the death by cancer of someone who left this life much too soon, or like ill health or losing a job or struggling to find our way or wrestling with an addiction or despairing at the state of our nation or creation or any other ill wind that blows. It is faithfulness, the quality of faithfulness that often is the only thing that keeps us going, that keeps us keeping on. Faithfulness. And friends, here is the great thing. Anybody can be faithful. Anybody can be faithful and true and trustworthy. You, me, you don't need a master's degree to be faithful. You don't need an oversized bank account. You don't need to know the Bible from cover to cover. You don't need to have belonged to the church for decades. You don't need to be a certain age or live in a Tony zip code or have a certain kind of family or be young or be old. Faithfulness might be the simplest and the clearest Christian virtue to achieve and to strive for. What does faithfulness mean? It means that we suit up 
and we show up. Do you hear that? We suit up and we show up for others, for church, for faith, for service, for relationships, and for the betterment of our world. It means we make promises and we keep promises. Faithfulness, all we have to do is to raise our hands and say to our God, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Faithfulness, or an older, more traditional word for it, fidelity. Like the beautiful and powerful promise that a daughter-in-law makes to her mother-in-law. Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Faithfulness. In many ways, this describes almost better than any other word what it means to be a person of faith and to belong to a faith community like ours, like Pilgrim Church. Faithfulness. It says, I will show up and I will suit up for you. And not just when it is convenient and not just when it is easy and not just when it suits me best. No, I will be faithful to you, to others and to our God because I need you and you need me to be faithful. Do you hear that? Faithfulness is just showing up for each other. It's not rocket science. It's just showing up for each other and caring for each other and loving each other. It reminds me of a poignant scene from J.R.R. Tolkien's fantasy novel, The Fellowship of the Rings. Has anyone here read that or seen the movies? The main character, Frodo, must set out on a dangerous and scary journey, one that he does not know exactly just where it will take him. To spare others, he insists to his friends that he has to go all alone, that this is a solo affair. But his companions, his faithful companions, they will not take that for an answer. And so one of his friends says, You can trust us to stick to you through thick and thin to the bitter end. And you can trust us to keep any secret of yours closer than you yourself keep it. But you cannot trust us to let you face trouble alone and go off without a word. We are your friends, Frodo. Anyway, there it is. There it is, faithfulness. So I would ask all of us to think on and to pray on this day, who is so faithful to you that they make your one life possible? Who needs you to be faithful to make another's life possible? Who is your Jose? How is God calling you and me and all of us to be more faithful to God, to our faith, to this community, to our friends and family? Because with such God-inspired faithfulness, as I said, anything is possible and life can feel strong and true, but without faithfulness to each other and to God, nothing is possible and nothing is dependable and life feels pretty shaky. So I try to choose faithfulness and I thank folks like Jose in my one life. I thank my God for her she who embodied ultimate faithfulness. And I hope I can be faithful for just one other child of God this day. And I pray we can all be humble enough and wise enough to fully depend 
upon our ever-faithful God, this day and all days, from fall to winter to spring to summer. May this be true. Great is God's faithfulness. Great is our faithfulness. Let all God's faithful people declare, Amen.